Hello and welcome to the On The Hunt podcast. I'm Steve Ryder and I'm joined by Ryan to have a look at the action at Newmarket on Friday and Saturday. We'll start off at Newmarket on the Friday, 1.50, the Rosemary Stakes. It's a listed race over a mile for the Phillies and Mares. Three-year-olds have won three out of the last four runnings of this and the Classic Generation have the top four in the market. But Ryan, who are you with in this? Yeah, I am with um, one of the three-year-olds. Like you say, they've got a very good record in the race. They've won seven out of the last ten. Um, and no surprise that all the horses that are single figures in this are three-year-olds, so you'd be surprised if you didn't go to, to one of them. But, yeah, just looking at it, like Zanbach, for me, is the one who comes in here with sort of the best form at the moment. Um, but she disappointed in, in the Group 3 when favoured to Ascot last time out. And um, she's not ran since July, so that poses a little bit of question marks. Um, the one I like it is the favourite, Crystal Caprice. Um, for Sir Michael Stout and a family that he knows very, very well. And it's a family that just got better with age and better with runs. Um, obviously, uh, the dam is well related to um, a lot of horses that Sir Michael Stout trained, like Crystal's Vedsda. Um, she was beaten in two old races, started her three-year-old campaign off rated 72 and ended it rated 107. Um, she was a half-sister to Crystal Ocean who was obviously a, a multiple group woman who got better with age and, and also Crystal Capella who started her three-year-old career off uh, rated 80 and finished it 108 and then finished her four-year-old career at 116. So it is a family that Sir Michael Stout knows very well. It's a, it's a it's family that suits Sir Michael Stout's training methods. And yeah, this horse got beaten a couple of races early on in his career and then it all seemed to click together on his third run, on her third run, I should say, at, at Yarmouth. Um, when she bolted up in a, in a weak enough race, but it just all seemed to click together for her then. And, and since then, she's been two from two in handicaps, winning the Phillies mile, handicap at Glorious Goodwood, and then um, being really impressive at Ascot last time out, going away, um, despite being a little bit keen early. But yeah, she put the race to bed quite easily. I think, you know, being by Frankel, she'll probably get a bit further. Maybe that's something for next season. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, while she's over the mile um, and she's so impressive, I don't see why they wouldn't keep her here just for this year. And um, yeah, I think the race would suit, the race this weekend will suit her a bit better as well. We'll probably go a better pace. She'll be able to settle better. Ryan Moore, who's ridden it the last few times, knows a while now, and he, he, he's dropped up, which is a, a bonus. So yeah, she, she's around two to one favourite, but I think Crystal Caprice can um, carry on a winning race. Yeah, you mentioned Zambach, obviously kind of sets the standard on form so far. I, I'd be kind of, more forgiving of a run last time. I went I went back and watched it. Jim Crowley gave her a bit of a shocker, if I'm honest. Um, just got blocked a couple of times and it just completely checked her momentum. And yeah, she never really kind of got involved after that. But like you said, she's top rated in this field with a rate of 104. Um, finished second in the Sandringham at Royal Ascot. And then, yeah, good run last time on the round course, basically. Um, if you go back and watch it, yeah, just kind of gets trapped behind some horses, tried to force a way out and had the door slam shut. And then again, tried to get out and and had a door slam shut by another one coming down the outside and just kind of plugged on towards the end um, to finish behind Jumbi. Roger Varian, don't really need to mention his uh, fantastic form at the minute. Again, we're recording on Wednesday evening. He had three runners today, two wins and a second. So his stringer in fantastic form is... His form at the weekend was just ridiculous. Um, and yeah, Zambach for me, at around 7-2. to I, I do think she's the one to beat in this. But yeah, obviously Rye's gone with the other at the towards the top of the market. But Zambach, I do think, sets the standard in form. And 
yeah, for a for a stable that are in form, hopefully Jim Crowley can give her a bit of a better ride than what, what he did last time. Uh, we'll then move on to the 225, the Princess Royal Stakes. It's a group three over a mile and a half for the Phillies and Mares, uh, where William Haggis has the short price favourite in the shape of Sea Silk Road. Um, should look really progressive earlier this season, including when beating the re-opposing Eternal Pearl in the height of fashion stakes at Goodwood. Um, finished only half a length behind Magical Lagoon in the Ribblesdale at Royal Ascot, and then kind of dis- slightly disappointed when sent off favourite for a group two at, two at Deauville last time. But I'd probably take a chance at the prices for Eternal Pearl to, to, to reverse the form from earlier on in the season, really. Silverstick Road's currently short price favourite, five to four best price, but you can get five to two widely available around Eternal Pearl. I just think that gap in the prices is a bit bit big, to be honest. Um, she was still a maiden when second to see Silverstick Road at Goodwood on only her second start. And since then, she's won her previous three starts, including over this trip on the July course. Uh, she won a Group 3 at Deauville last time by two lengths. And like I said, at the prices, I just think there's a bit too much between them, price discrepancy-wise. So Eternal Pearl for me, William Buick, obviously, has been declared um, with her on board. And yeah, I think 5-2 is, is fairly generous around her. Uh, your opinion? Yeah, I've got quite a strong fancy in this one. Um, just on the favourite, though, Sil- Seasalk Road. Just coming back off a bit of a disappointing effort, 5-4, to four, first time tong tie that had just put me off enough at five to four for all that she's probably the best horse in the race and the most likely winner but the one i'm I'm quite keen on um is royal scandal at 14 to one now she does look like she's got a lot to sort of make up because she's only officially rated 89 and she's running against 100 105 rated horses but i think the fact that james franchore is willing to throw away that mark of 89 says, says a lot because if she's top three here she's going to get a six seven eight pound rise at the minimum um I think he did, did try and take advantage of the mark. Um, she was favourite when non-runner in a handicap at Doncaster a few weeks ago. I'm not entirely sure on the reason why. But, um, but yeah, the fact that she sort of entered up and looks like the runner here, Danny Muscat docked up, sort of says a lot that he's willing to throw away that mark. Um, she won a, a 14-runner Newcastle Novice by flying home from the back of the field uh, and from miles off the pace. It was a very, very taking debut disappointed second time out but it was a three-run race and it was just a completely messy paceless three-runner race all the horses wanted to be hauled up and it just didn't suit any of them but she bounced back to form last time out at Kempton back into a nine-runner race um Danny Muscat was basically point and shoot he, he she traveled so so well and he could just put her where he wanted he switched her out wide she put the race to bed really really comfortably um she comes from a very smart family that James Farnshaw knows while the dam for the same connections seal of approval um, was trained by James Farnshaw and she did quite similar with him as well. Um, she was rated 95 after an obvious wins and, and a listed place um, and she ran in a, in a group three in the Park Hill when she was rated 95 against 100 plus rated horses and, and she actually clipped heels of Phil and got one looking like she was going to win um, and then she actually went to win the Phillies and Mares at Ascot on Champions Day. And um, so I'm thinking that Connections have maybe a similar idea in, in mind. Um, the full brother, Primissary, went to John Gosden and he was a decent horse. He only raced four times, but after his novice run, he placed in a couple of Group 3 races and was rated 103. Um, and I just think Royal Scandal, she's one of them 
horses that's better in the better race that she's in. Like she she'd get if she was in a handicap of like four runners, um, like I've no doubt she's a hundred plus horse in the making. But if she ran in a handicap of eighty nine in like a four in a race, I couldn't see her getting beat at odds on because she just doesn't want that type of thing. Whereas in this type of race against hundred horses when they're getting a proper pace, I think she'll be able to to settle, she'll be able to travel and you'll see her at a much better light. So I'm sort of glad that they're doing this and um, it's quite funny because a couple of weeks ago I had, I got my money to get like pennies on, but I took a little bit of 66s for the fillies and mares because just because the dam t- took a similar path and she had a couple of group entries, Royal Scandal had a couple of group entries and I checked today because I was going to mention tobacco for it tonight on the pod and she's actually 20 to 1 across the board for the fillies and mares, which is a bit of a joke considering she's 14 to 1. For, for this race <laughs> she's 20 to 1 for a group one um i don't know if someone else has tipped her up because i checked and she was like a sea of blue yesterday going from like 40s down to 20s so i'm not sure if people have had the same idea but uh like obviously <laughs> if you're backing that you might as well just back the 14s and go bigger um this on this friday but yeah i, I, just, I just really like her i love the pedigree um james Fondraw, i'm a big fan of his when he gets the right horses i don't think he gets enough sort of ammunition but he obviously trained the dam with this horse and i think he trained one of the siblings as well flora of scotland so they sent him this horse and um yeah she's two from three ignore the three runner messy novice because she's a much much better horse than that and um yeah i just think there's a couple in here with question marks to rate like 100 or high 90s but there's a couple of question marks in there whereas in her two wins so far especially at Kempton last time out she just traveled so well and put the race to bed very very easily it wasn't a stellar field by any means but it was a taking performance and um yeah like I say the fact that he's, he's willing to throw away a mark of 89 um, to potentially win this and become 100 plus says says a lot so at 14 to 1 Royal Scandal would be quite a strong fancy for me yeah nice case made them from Royal for Royal Scandal yeah yeah 14 to 1 in a fair few places as well. Uh, we'll then move on to the three o'clock, the Rockfell Stakes, Group 2 over seven furlongs for the two-year-old fillies. Uh, Ammo Racing won this last year with Hello You. Interestingly, Ross Orion back on board, Ammo Racing runners, uh, by the looks of it. Obviously, been declared uh, to be on Olivia Meralda uh, for Michael O'Callaghan. Uh, right, do you give her a chance or are you looking elsewhere? Yeah, she's got a chance. Like, obviously, we're going to talk about a couple more two races on the Saturday later on, and it's that time of year when um, the really, really impressive late novice winners that have just had one big debut win then come into group races and meet the horses that have been really early two-year-olds that have been running through the summer and at Royal Ascot and that. Um, and this is a good example where commissioning comes in off the back of like a three and a half, four-length win on debut ultra impressive going away at the line and and now she's coming up against a couple of hundred rated two-year-olds like olivia miranda and, and dancing the grass who have had three or four runs um but obviously depending on the type of horse you whether you want to side with the experience or whether you want to side with the potential of the the newcomer um but i i read i do like commissioning she for me at six to four, seven to four, she's one of them where I probably wouldn't back her at that price, but at the same time, I wouldn't tip anything against her because I do think she's the most likely winner. The, the sort of things that put me off is, you know, she was drastically held up on debut and had to come through horses with a late run, and she did put it to bed easily. But um, running in a, a similar sort of race against better horses, sort of how well she's going to be able to come off the pace and find them gaps. 
they had the hood on on debut as well and she was a bit keen down to the start not that that sort of affected her during the race but again wearing the hood you probably want to see how she goes down to the start and that so for me yeah she's the most likely winner but I'd rather back her at six to four once I've seen her go down all right and all of that than then sort of back her anti-post um but yeah she's the most likely winner for me but it wouldn't be a tip for me at sort of seven to four but at the same time I don't really want to take her on uh, I think Dancing the Grass and Olivia Miranda, I don't think there are any world beaters and um, yeah, commission should get the job done. Fair enough. Yeah, I do respect the chances of the favourite like it was a ridiculously impressive debut win. I, I just thought Rage of Bambi was a bit too big here at 8-1. You can get four places with multiple firms as well. Like I was really impressed with her. I tipped the last time when she kind of defied a penalty at Leicester. Um, and she yeah, definitely looked at a group horse in the making that day. Um, showed a good attitude to win by a short head at Newbury on debut. Those Newbury novice races are always strong contests. And then stepped up in trip to seven furlongs last time. She won by three and a half lengths under a penalty at Leicester. Like that wasn't the strongest of contests, but it does take some winning at these novice races under penalties, especially to win by three and a half lengths as well. The form hasn't really been tested since. I don't think the second, third or fourth has, uh, have ran since, but visually it was really impressive and, yeah, I was expecting her to be a, a shorter price than than eight to one. Obviously, Eve Johnson Horton knows exactly what she's got. Um, has done really, really well so far this year. And um, yeah, I just think Rage of Beauty is uh, Rage of Bambi. Sorry, is, is is a bit too big at around eight to one. So should be my selection for the race. Albeit, obviously, I do respect what Rice says around the favourite. Uh, last race on the Friday that we'll preview in full is the 3.35, the Joel Stakes as Group 2 over a mile. Um, it looks really, really competitive um, this year. Maybe slightly below standard. Obviously, Ben Battle used to win this kind of every couple of years, didn't he? Um, I thought Pogo was probably the, the one I thought was the wrong price here. I know he's probably a better horse over seven furlongs than a mile, but he is a course and distance winner. Um, as well as being a runner-up in this contest last season. I went back and watched that. He's only beaten three-quarters of a length that day by Bam Battle. Um, I actually thought he was going to win a furlong out. Um, he had the likes of Master of the Seas, Lanakash, Perotto, an accidental agent behind him. So that probably um, is, is a stronger race last year than it is this year. And, yeah, he's, he's kind of bettered that form so far this season. He won a pair of Group 3s on his first two starts this season. And, Slightly below par at Newbury, but bounced back to finish second behind Kinross at, at York last time. The negative is is that Kieran Schumacher isn't on board. They've got a really good relationship. Obviously, Kieran Schumacher out at the minute. Um, Tom Marquand obviously is, is a good deputy for him, but yeah, that that's a slight negative. But it doesn't look the strongest Group Two contest in the world, and yeah, I actually think he's the most likely winner. And I think five to one's fairly generous, to be honest. It's worth also looking around, um, shopping around for place terms. At the minute, Bet365 and Skybet are both free places, even though there's only seven runners declared for this race. So, yeah, make sure you shop around because, yeah, sort of, uh, well, they're slightly shorter at fours and nine to two as opposed to the five to one. But I'd probably back him each way at nine to two with three places than, than five to one, two places. Um, yeah, I can't see him out of the frame, to be honest. Uh, Who do you like in it? Yeah, it's, they're going to go a right pace here because, um, like, Pogo only really knows one way of going, and that's out in front. Um, Tempest has won his last couple going in front for Holly Doyle. 
Oscula, again, out-and-out front-runner, and Aldrama likes a front-runner as well. So you've got four front-runners, and then Ruta Sarbeck, he's sort of a prominent racer, and he's got first-time blinkers on as well, and if that lights him up, that's another sort of pace angle. So things are looking good, good for um, Ryan Moore and Sir Michael Stout, the favourite Potapova, who... Um, yeah, when it's stand on last time out, coming from the back of the field in and in a really strong pace. So, um, yeah, things the rate race it's going to set up really well for her coming off the back of the pace. But um, yeah, like there's there's a couple in here like Pogo, Mutasarbeck, Tempest. They're horses that they're not always the most consistent. They can throw in stinkers. Mutasarbeck especially, like his last four runs, he's been beaten at nine to four, eleven to eight, seven to four, and even. So, no wonder they stretch for the blinkers. Um, yeah, you know, school is solid as they come, but isn't going to get it easy out in front. So the, the horse I sort of liked is, is Aldrama. Um, if sort of they realise that it's going to be an absolute gung-ho pace and sort of change tactics because um, he stays sort of 10 furlongs fine enough, um, but he's equally got decent form over a mile. And as you mentioned earlier, Roger Varian, he's, he's something like 15 from his last 50, like 30% strike rate. And, and this time of year is when he really, really comes good, sort of around St. Ledger time and, and that meeting and a um, couple of the big races at Kempton after that. And he's got a really good record at this time of year with horses off a long layoff. He had, I can't remember the name of it, but one of the Chico Bade horses won at the Doncaster meeting. First time out this season, Mona fifth won um, a decent handicap at Kempton off a 307-day break as well. So he's got a good track record of horses sort of making their debut at this time of year as late as it is. And that's what Aldrama's doing here. Um, like I say, he was a decent enough horse last year. They thought well enough of him to run him in the French Derby, uh, ran him in the Eclipse as well. Um, and then his best performance last season came over a mile when he was second in the in the Group 3 Thoroughbred Stakes at Goodwood behind a certain Baid. Obviously, that form doesn't look um, bad at the moment, or, albeit he was sort of being six lengths and put in his place. Um, but yeah, that was his last run over a mile last season. And it's just interesting that connections keep him at that trip, especially with sort of the amount of pace on. If he's ready to go first time out, which I don't see why he wouldn't be because it's so late in the season, they're only going to really run him if if he's 100% ready to go. Um, there's no point of running him now for a prep for anything. So, yeah, Aldrama, he's, he's available at a double-figure price at some places. And I just think if they do sort of change tactics, and even if he's just that behind the pace, he's a horse that stays 10 furlongs, um, which he's got an advantage over some of these, the likes of Oscula and Pogo. They're sort of fast runners over seven furlongs. So, if it is a proper pace, I don't think they're going to see it out as much. But yeah, Aldrama was the one that interested me at a double-figure price. But I do think um, it, the race is going to set up absolutely perfect for Potapova because she's a horse that likes a strong pace, likes coming off it. And there's four or five front runners in here in, in a small enough field. So they're all going to be fighting for the, the lead while Ryan Moore sort of takes a rein and chills out at the back. So yeah, Potapova would be the most likely winner, but Aldrama for a bit of interest at a double-figure price. Yeah, currently best priced at 12 to 1. Uh, we'll then move on to the action at Newmarket on Saturday. Obviously, we're anti post for these races. Uh, 150 is the Royal Lodge Stakes, Group 2 over a mile for the two year old Colts and Geldings. Um, it's an interesting anti post market at the minute. Favourite flying honours, Sea of Blue for Charlie Appleby, and kind of most of the Aidan O'Brien runners are a sea of red. So it's kind of, yeah, interesting to see who they think is running. You'd obviously think that Auguste Rodin isn't running because he'd be a lot shorter than sort of four to one, nine to two if he was. Um, who do you like in this? 
Yeah, as you mentioned, it's a bit of a tricky one anti-post wise. Like Holloway Boy is running tomorrow in a conditions race and a three runner conditions race, so he's not going. Um, and then the two decent ones of Aiden O'Brien, Hans Anderson, and August Rodin, they're both a sea of red. Um, they pretty much confirmed August Rodin for the um, either the Jew or the Racing Post trophy. They said they're going to get give him a little bit more time. So he's off to there. Hans Anderson. He's entered in the Beresford on Saturday at the Cora, so there's every chance he goes there. Um, so, yeah, it does look like it might be a bit of a penalty kick for the Godolphin horse. And to be fair, four to five could actually look at a good price come come the day because um, like you go through the field and the other two that are jocked up, um, the Foxes for Andrew Baldings around 10 to 1. He's 91 rated. Dubar Mal for Carl Burke is 14 to 1. He's 90 rated. And um, yeah, the Godolphins 108 rated. So he's sort of 17, 18 pounds higher rated than them two. And they're the only other two jocks up. Like Crypto Forces in here for Michael Callahan. He's another it's in the Beresford on Saturday. And sort of being an Irish horse, you're going to assume it's going to be an easier target to just stay at home and, and run there. So yeah, this genuinely could cut up quite, quite bad. And um, F8, no Brian doesn't doesn't send any of the any of them over. Like most of them are entered up in Ireland over the weekend. Um August Rodian's already been confirmed to be in held back for late targets. So yeah, t- like as boring as it sounds, four to five on flight on this could look a good price because he's mile clear of the ones that, that are jocked up and are gonna turn up against him. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting kind of what, what Aiden does really, isn't it? I mean he's He's won this 2018 Mohawk, was second choice, kind of second in the market of his runners. Royal Dornock as well, won it in 2019, wasn't very fancied. I think they were about sort of 16, 20 to 1 or, or something. So he doesn't always win it with kind of a superstar in this race. Um, so it will be interesting to see who he actually runs. I agree with everything what you've said around flying honours. Obviously, was a beaten favourite in, on his debut at Newmarket as well. So... Um, yeah, will he obviously be able to, to to perform at the track? He's won since at Sandown and Salisbury. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if I'd want to be backing him at, at sort of a short odds. It might it might be that it ends up being sort of a, a four runner race. And like you said, four to five looks a good price. But I wouldn't be in a in a rush to do that anti post. Uh, right, we'll then move on to the 2.25, the Cheveley Park Stakes, Group 1 over 6 furlongs for the two-year-old fillies. Um, it looks like it'll be a strong contest this year, uh, especially with Paddy Toomey supplementing Treasure Trove at a cost of 20 grand. Uh, Trillium and Meditate are kind of rightfully at the top of the market. For me, they, they do set the standard on form, but I've been really impressed with, with Treasure Trove in the last couple of starts, and I do think she's interesting especially now they've supplemented her for the race. She travelled really strongly um, last time at, at the Curragh and kind of Billy Lee always looked confident on her and nearly got in a bit of a pickle, to be honest. Um, won that Group 3 by a short head at the finish, had previously won a listed race at York, kind of over five furlongs as well. Um, she's improved the whole season. She's available at a double-figure price at the minute, um, 10 to 1 in a couple of places. Um, and yeah, that, that would kind of interest me. If, if the two at the top of the market, Trillium's the one that's being backed. Don't know whether that kind of means that Meditate isn't coming here, but out of the two of them, if they were the same price, I'd much prefer Meditate over, over Trillium, really. She'd look brilliant throughout the season, still pulled four and a half lengths clear of the third when losing her unbeaten record in Ireland last time behind Tahira. Don't think there's any disgrace in that. And 
yeah, around a similar sort of price of, of two to one. I'd prefer to be in the camp of Meditate than, than Trillium, but I wouldn't be in a rush to back an anti-post. Um, the one that I would want to be back an anti-post is, is Treasure Trove, who's been obviously been supplemented for the race. So, yeah, double figure price, 10 to one, Treasure Trove would be the one of interest for me. If you? Yeah, um, like I absolutely love Trillium. I've been, been with her sort of every single run. Even on debut, and Tom Queeley gave her a bit of a stinker. And then last two times I've been with her, um, but it is a completely different test this time. Like, like completely different. Like her last two run, her last two wins in Group Company, and they've both been absolutely rapid races. Like at Goodwood, she was down to five, and she had Rocket Rodney and Eddie's boy going absolute gung ho in front, like a rapid pace. Goodwood's fast anyway, but um, they went awry right fast pace there and, and she travelled and managed to just find a gap of Furlong out and kick through it and then last time out five Furlong again she had one of the fastest two-year-olds to tag her along in in the Platinum Queen and um yeah she bombed along and very very at the last minute just just nipped in front of her so yeah this race it, it's I think it's a bit paceless um there's not much at all and, and definitely nothing as fast as the likes of Eddie's boy Rocket Rodney or the Platinum Queen in here so back up to six furlongs i think she stayed six furlongs fine like her debut was six and um even a second run when she won at newbury when she broke a maiden and that was over six and like i've got no doubt she will stay six but just it's just a completely different race she's had two runs going as fast as possible over five and then just picking rivals off whereas this is going to be a slower pace it's going to be a more tactical race and yeah just it's like seven to four with trillium i just wouldn't be going all in on her um i'm in agreement with you that meditate would be the one for me if she does turn up um obviously to hear the dermot wild horse last time out looked an absolute freak um so aiden o'brien says straight away we're going to go back to six furlongs with her um, and the chili pot could come into the equation so if she does turn up i'd fancy her every trillium just because she's a bit more proven um trip wise and a bit more proven tactical wise but uh yeah i didn't really like anything outside of them to really to sort of upset i thought them to really really set the standard and we're sort of six or seven pounds clear of the rest but um yeah just if meditate doesn't turn up and trillium ends up sort of even money or anything like that i just wouldn't be going in on her at that price because uh, like I say, it's, it's just a completely different race to what she's used to on, on the last two runs. So, um, yeah, that's my penny's worth. Just avoid Trillium for me if if she does end up a short price favourite. And uh, if Meditate does turn up, I'd be taking one with her. Yeah, not the easiest contest then to obviously then have a look at. I'm hoping you have a stronger opinion in the three o'clock, which is the middle park stakes. A group one over six furlongs for the two-year-olds. Um, this looks a really, really good renewal this year. Um, Aidan O'Brien has won this record six times. Uh, it's obviously set to run Blackbeard in this, but you've got the likes of Marshman, Mischief Magic, Persian Force, Royal Scotsman, um, yeah, the Antarctic Zoology. Like, it's a really, really good renewal this year. Who do you like? Yeah, you just mentioned mine at the last minute there with Zoology. Um, it's going to be a tough task because, like like I mentioned earlier, it's the time of year when the impressive debutants come against the horses that have been running all throughout the season. And uh, the Antarctic's had six runs. He's been back to France and that. Um, Royal Scotsman ran at Royal Ascot and Goodward. He's had five runs. Persian Force, another to run at Ascot, six runs. Mischief Magic's had four runs. So Zoology comes against some really, really experienced horses. 
Um, but it was hard not to be really, really impressed with his with his debut at Yarmouth eleven days ago, uh, eleven days from the race. They clearly knew what they had because he was absolutely hammered in overnight from around six, seven to one into even money. Drifted a bit on the morning, but sort of never looked like he wasn't going to win. And what sort of impressed me the most was um, his attitude. Like he was down at the start like a lamb. There was a bit of mad with a couple of the others and he was just there, went into the gates like he'd done it a hundred times. He was fast away from the gates and Kieran Fallon had, had sort of no issues sort of letting him be in front and share the lead. He wasn't keen, he wasn't fighting him and... Yeah, it was just the sort of attitude and the mental side of things that I was most impressed with. He obviously put the race to bed quite easily, beating a couple of horses that had had form and decent enough, obviously. So it sort of gave a solid look to the form. I think George Bowes in third was previously placed in a Newbury, obviously. And uh, yeah, he just put the race to bed so, so easily after being out in front. He wasn't even like keen or green, didn't look around. He was just very professional. And that's sort of the perfect type, type of debut you want to see. Um, so I think the fact that he's coming out sort of two weeks later says a lot because he's clearly probably the odds best two year old of the season and they aren't going to rush him if he's not absolutely A1. So he would have been coming out of the race well for him to run here and he's he's been back to the last few days as well for this. Um, I think out of the top ones, I think Marsh, Marshman's the most likeliest winner. Like he was obviously second to Noble Style last time out and, and finished clear of the rest and he'd have been a short price favourite for this. The form's already been boosted, like Cold Case back in third won the big sales race. Chuzzle went down the field one and I think one of the others down in like ninth has, has come out and won a Nobby since as well. He finished ahead of the likes of Royal Scotsman there, so he holds a couple of these on form anyway. Um but he has two to one in and a really good renewal against um some decent debut uh, debut winners and a couple of others were smart form. So at the moment, at around 12 to 1, I'd be back in zoology. I, I just thought it was such an impressive debut, and he does look like a, a proper, proper Group 1 horse in the making. Um, and like I say, I think backing up two weeks later should be no issue with sort of how streetwise he was on that debut. So I'm hoping as long as um, as long as the experience just doesn't catch him out, I, I think he, he's probably good enough to get really involved here at 12 to 1. Yeah, see, it's really interesting that they are chucking him in only kind of, it will be 11 days after his winning debut. I, I just thought he was short enough now. I know people kind of get carried away with following kind of Sea of Blue, but at kind of the bigger odds that are available this week, I, I could justify it. But 12 to 1, like, I, I do think that's short enough against four top, top horses at the, at the top of the market. Like, Blackbeard and Persian Force, I think, are really closely matched on form, especially from that France run last time. Marshman, you've gone through. I'm not going to bore everyone. Like, you've gone through the form if they looked to have Noble Style in trouble last time in the gym crack and, yeah, kind of had no, ex- well, not no excuses, but, like, didn't obviously do him um, any disservice there. It was a really good run. Uh, Mischief Magic kind of is, is the one that needs to prove it, I suppose. Showed a really impressive turn of foot at Kempton last time, but has to prove that he can kind of do it at this level on turf, really. Zoology, you've gone through. Like, it was a really impressive debut run, but I just think at around 12, that's short enough, really. And the the one I'd probably go for at the prices would probably be Persian Force, to be honest. He's obviously ran loads of times. He's ran six times so far in his career. Hasn't finished out the top two yet. Hasn't ran a bad race. Was only beaten half a length by Blackbeard in France last time. It was a bit of a weird race, like they split into two groups. Frankie then tried to come across to to to, to meet Blackbeard and just never quite got there. Um, I didn't think it was the best of rides from Frankie that day, if I'm being honest. It's good. Ross Arise dropped it back up. 
so obviously that relationships um <laughs> kind of mended itself i suppose um so i class that as a positive you, you get three places at the minute on this race anti-post I, I think five to one three places that that's proper each way scumbaggery um i can't see him out of the three at all so yeah persian force some of these might progress past him next year but yeah i can't see three finishing ahead of him in this race that's for sure so persian force each way for me at five to one three places uh, last race that we'll preview in full is the 340. It's the Bet365 Cambridgeshire Handicap over a mile and a furlong. Um, interestingly, a race that's been won by 40 to 1 shots the last two years. Um, draws obviously important, so that's well worth mentioning, uh, the fact that we're obviously looking at this without the draw. Um, last four years, they've come out of 21, 25, 29 and 21 to win. Um so it's kind of a race that, that anti-post wise you should be kind of creating a shortlist for I suppose and then seeing what happens draw wise. Um side Ventura won it last year with Bedouin Story. Top of my shortlist is, is first view. If he was to run here, currently not jocked up, but I'm hoping that they claim off him. Um has form figures of one one, two one, seven one away from Maidan. Uh, that seventh place finish came in the in the John Smith's Cup which is a race that's working out really, really well. Strong form this year. The winner, second, fourth, tenth, twelfth and twenty-first in that race of all one since. So, yeah, there was no disgrace in finishing seventh. And obviously he's been really consistent in his starts. Other than that, um, he looked to benefit for the application of cheap pieces last time at Kempton when winning. Christian Howarth, I, I'm hoping he's on board, to be honest. He's really good value for £5 um, these days. He'd run here under a £4 penalty, making him £2 well into the weight with his revised rating. And yeah, currently available 16 to 1. I think that's a big price. Um, like I said, kind of got a weight. Hopefully he's drawn in the in the 20s draw-wise. Um, if he was drawn one or two, you, you wouldn't really want, want to be backing him at 16. So just wait until declarations. Hopefully he's got one of the high draws. And yeah, first view is definitely top of my shortlist. But I'm sure Rye's probably got two or three that that he's got on his shortlist as well. Yeah, as you mentioned, the the draw is just massively, massively important. Um, you mentioned the winners, but even the place horses, like you look at the last four years, especially, um, Wissa Hickam won from 21, 25 and 26 were second and third. Um, Spencer gave a masterclass on Sabador from store three to get across and, and finish fourth. And then behind him was 13, uh, 13 and 22. Uh, when Lord North won, the top six were all drawn 15 and higher, uh, 29, 15, 32, 28, 20 and 21. Majestic Dawn's year when he won it from 25. Um, second to six were 27, 24, 16, 29, 23. And then last year, Bedouin Story from 21. Uh, second and third were 22 and 19. Four managed to sneak in fourth. And then it was 14 and 30. So uh, from the last four years, the top 24 horses to get in the top six. Um, only two times a single figure draw has managed to get in there and they were both fourth um, and not, didn't really have much of a chance of winning anyway. Um, so it is a proper curse if you're drawn single figures. First, if you look at the top three from the last four years, um, the lowest to get in them places was 15 and 19 and uh, 10 of the ten of the top 12 were drawn 20 plus. So yeah, 20 plus is, is an absolute must have um, and it's a proper make or break. Like 
I know a lot of people liked uh, Mojtiba, the William Haggis horse, who's currently sort of five to one, eleven to two. But like, I'd rather take on three. I'd rather take three to one if he was drawn sort of fifteen plus, because if he's single figures, I wouldn't even take ten to one on him. Like, you can give me double the price and I wouldn't take it just because it's so difficult to win from them um, single figures. So. Yeah, it is worth having sort of three or four. The, there was only sort of one I really liked from an anti-post perspective. I had a look through and sort of the ones that are obvious are, are at the top of the market and, you know, a couple of the outperform ones are the bigger price ones. So you have to have a look through to see if you can find any reasons for backing them. And the one I like is um, like the market hasn't really decided on him because Paddy Power and Betfair are 12 to 1 but there's as big as 25s out there and he's 20 to 1 generally and that's Good Birthday who won today at Goodwood um, he's run in the race three times before in 2019 he finished third of 30 um, off a mark of 98 and he was drawn in store 30 so he was drawn highest of all uh, that day um, the last two years he's finished eighth of 27 off 90 but he was drawn store 10 and he was from the 10 or lower he was the highest placed horse and then in 2021, last year, he was drawn, uh, sorry, he finished 13th of 26, so exactly half. Um, and from there, he was drawn still six, and there was only one single figure drawn ahead of him. So he's been unlucky the last two years. He was drawn in six and ten, but the year before, he placed when he was drawn still 30. So again, if he's 20, 25 or higher, I'd be really, really keen on him. If he's in the middle somewhere, I'd be a little bit keen. And then if he's drawn sort of 14 or lower, I'd forget him. But he's ended up sort of really well handicapped. Um, he, he's quite a consistent handicapper over the past few years. Most of his wins have been between like 90 and 95. Um, and then for whatever reason, he just dropped off a little bit this season. He still finished third or 14th in the big handicap on Derby Day off night two. But for whatever reason, he just sort of lost his form a little bit until his last two runs, um, which have been sort of since the, the race closed. So he's under a double penalty, but um, he's technically off his old mark of 87, uh, but he's under the seven pound double penalty so he's off a mark in 94 like his, his last win came today off a mark in 93 um and that was at goodwood so he's won his last two so he's a horse that's red ri- ri- red ripe in form at the moment and, and considering he was placing the race of 98 you can still say he's well handicapped as well um he's not a particularly sort of well handicapped horse but this race, like like you mentioned, the 40 to ones have won it before, and the likes of like Bedouin Story last year and Majestic Dawn the year before, they weren't terribly well handicapped horses. You go the year before that, Lord North, fair enough, he was a really well handicapped horse, but um, this isn't necessarily a race that produces incredibly well handicapped horses. Um, sort of at the back end of the season, it's horses that are sort of battle hardened in handicaps. Um, used to big field handicaps as well, the, the likes of Lucanda, um, Good Birthday, um, Bow Rock, Majestic Dawn, you know, them horses, they've been running in the race for the last two or three years and they're just solid, solid horses who, who know how to run well in big fields. So, um, you know, and like you said, the last two winners have been 40 to 1. Anything can win this race. It's just if you're well drawn and if you're you're decent in a big field handicap and, and that's a couple of things Good Birthday is. He's, he's very good in a big field handicap. Um, he's placed in the race before of, of four pounds higher. So he do for me at around 20 to one. If, if he goes anything like 12 to one or shorter, I'd, I'd be leaving him. But obviously the draw is massively, massively crucial. It can swing things either way. So uh, I'd, I'd much, much rather wait for that to come out than, than back in anything anti-post. Fair enough. I'll come back to you for anything else over the weekend, if you fancy anything else. 
Yeah, two big stain handicaps on the flat for me. Um, there's a two-mile, two-and-a-half furlong handicap at Chester. Quite a valuable race, and there's a couple of big familiar names um, entered up here, likes of Rashoon and Alfred Butcher, who was uh, second in the Ebo, are all dropped up. But I like a horse that finished behind Alfred Butcher last time out, and that's Frank Castella for John Quinn and Jason Hart. Um, really good staying handicap form over two miles. This season has only ran twice. Early in the season was third at Newbury behind a horse with no name and Master Milliner. A horse with no name has long been Antipo's favourite for this is Arrowich. Um, yeah, for Nicky Henderson, and he's been put away for that. And then the second Master Milliner for Emma Laval was rated 88, but he won the big staying handicap at Glorious Goodwin, and he's now rated 97. And then last time out of a break, he, he ran at the E-ball meeting um, behind Alfred Butcher in the two-mile handicap there that's run earlier on the week. Um, obviously, that form's been boosted because Alfred Butcher came out under a penalty and finished second in the E-ball. Um, he's now £8 higher, whereas Frank is only £2 higher. So Frank Estella gets a two pounds, uh, £6 swing with him, sorry, and should come on for the run, given that was off a, a long enough layoff during the summer. Um, so yeah, Frank Stella, no prices for that race yet, but um, I imagine she won't be one of the favourites. Uh, Alfred Butcher will probably be favourite for that if he does turn up. He's jocked up at the moment. Um, and then in the Iris Zarowicz on Sunday, um, Waterville Antipos has been all the range for Aidan O'Brien and needs about six or seven to come out, which is likely to get. But the one I like is Echoes and Rain for Willie Mullins, obviously won the big amateur race at the Galway Festival for Patrick Mullins to give him the first win in that. Um, got a £9 rise for that, but, I mean, she's a 158-year group one hurdler, pretty much. Um, so, in marking 96 on the flat, it's still fairly decently well handicapped, I think, and I also think that she's probably a better horse on the flat. She's a real, real keen goer, and that sort of lets her down over, over hurdles. I think she wants, ideally over hurdles, she wants a big field that she can settle in. But given that she's running in like two mile champion hurdles, she's running in four or five run races against Honeysuckle all the time. So she's never getting a big field. So she's always held up in keen and then just plugging on to second band Honeysuckle at the moment. Um, yeah, I think she'd do really well in a county or something similar. But yeah, the, I think on the flat in these big staying handicaps, she's going to get the pace that she needs to settle, um, which happened at, at Galway. It was a really, really impressive performance to go away. She was held up. Patrick Mullins had to make an early move because he didn't get much of a gallop. She was stuck wide a little bit, but she put the race to bed really easily. And, um, yeah, I think, obviously, here, she's most likely going to get a, a flat jockey like maybe Colin Keane or something like that. Rides a lot of the big staying handicaps with Willie Mullins. And without being sort of negative towards Patrick Mullins, uh, Colin Keane's a much, much better flat jockey than Patrick Mullins. So um, he'll be able to switch her off at the back of the field and the core is a nice, big, long, straight, nice, big, open, wide. So she's going to be able, she's going to be held up, settled and hopefully come with a late run and, um, yeah, sort of improve on that goalie performance. So echoes and rains around around eight eight or nine to one at the moment for the for the Irish Arrowwich um, on Sunday and then Frank Costello for the two-mile-two handicap on Saturday at Chester. Excellent. We'll quickly do naps of the weekend. I'll kick us off while you're thinking of yours. Uh, Persian Force in the middle park at five to one. Who for you? Uh, in the two twenty-five on Friday, uh, Royal Scandal at fourteen to one for James Fanshaw. Lovely. Thank you for listening to the On the Hunt podcast. It hopefully, provided you with plenty of winners this weekend. Uh, it's bye from me and bye from Ryan. Goodbye and good.